Oh, what a great time, just worshiping our Lord, and that's a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much for being here. Appreciate you being here on a wonderful Saturday night. Sun came out, a beautiful day, and hope you've really enjoyed that, and thanks for making Timberline a part of your weekend. Appreciate that. If it's uh, your first time to be here at Timberline, we know that can be kind of crazy to be a guest in a new church, and you don't always know what to expect, but we just say welcome. We're really glad you're here. There's a connection card in the chair back. It looks like this one. It's in front of you there. If you don't mind taking that out, filling it out, and dropping it in the offering at the end, we would appreciate it. If you want us to email you some information about any of the ministries on the back of this card, just check the box, okay? And uh, tear that off and drop it in, and then we won't bug you or call you or come over or anything, but we will have a record of you being here, and we'll be able to answer any questions that you might have. Hey, I just want to make sure you've look, looked at the bulletin, and uh, there's some tables in the mall this weekend, as usual. We have nine different tables out there, and please, uh, I know it's the last weekend for middle school to sign up and some other things going on. Uh, please read, read through the details in your bulletins. And then uh, lastly, I just want to say thank you for the prayer walk signups. If you were not here last weekend, we had a opportunity to go by one of the tables in the mall, and, and they're going to be out there this weekend as well, and it'll be the last chance to get a map. What it is is about 35 churches so far have signed up in our community to pray for our city. How many of you think that's a good idea? I think it's great, and we're just praying. We're just praying for people, and we're going to walk and pray. So that means you probably shouldn't close your eyes, all right? But uh, it's basically, we have 72 of these sections that they have assigned to Timberline Church. And I think last weekend we had about 165 people sign up to cover about 60% of those. So we still need a few more of you who have a heart for praying for our city to go take one of these areas. And it's basically, we're asking you four times throughout the year to just take a walk and pray for this area that you have a map of. Just walking around saying, Lord, make a difference here. Businesses, homes, we just wanna, we believe throughout this whole year, we're going to be able to walk and pray for every block of this community. And so we hope you'll do that. You can also sign up to get our, our kind of updates. If you live in other towns around Fort Collins, uh, we want you prayer walking in your neighborhoods and just praying for uh, the areas that you live in. And so please feel free to go back there and sign up so we can get you on the email list. We'd love to do that. All right. Hey, enough of all that. I am enjoying this series we are in, Eyewitness News. And today I want to talk to you about what it means to be a follower of Jesus and allow transformation to come into our lives. How many of you would be honest enough to just say, change just don't come easy for me? Anybody? Okay. <laughs> There's a, a lot of us. Change is not always easy. Sometimes it's really difficult. And, and you're going to see uh, throughout this message uh, today that that God has a something in mind for your life specific. You don't always see it, and it gets blurry, and it doesn't make sense sometimes until you see the whole picture. Now, there's a, a little video. I think it's less than a minute long, so it happens fast. So I'm going to just warn you to pay attention and, and watch this video. Start. He was there, he was there In the end, he'll be there 
Wow, what do you think? <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? I, I just can't believe that. When I was painting that, it just didn't seem like it would that. <laughs> wow. You know, sometimes you just can't see Jesus. You just can't, where did he go in our lives? It's like, I can't see him. It just looks like my life's a mess. And yet he calls us out and we follow him. And suddenly we have these moments when we can see clearly and we, we see who he is. And I think that painting is just going to be a little picture in our minds uh, throughout this weekend to just say, he's really with me. He's really with me, even though... Sometimes it doesn't feel like it. It's blurry and I'm disoriented. Life's upside down, but I know he's with me. Hey, if you've looked at your outline, you know I'm, I'm doing more blanks again. I don't know what's happening to me. It's scary. I looked back at that and thought, that's got to scare people when they see that. So we better get with it. Number one, um, opportunity for transformation. Let's look at this whole process of the opportunities that we have to be transformed by God. Okay, so I'm going to read from Mark chapter 1 and verse 14, and we're going to see the start of this story unfold. Later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee where he preached God's good news. That's what the gospel is. That word means good news. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. Jesus is presenting this new message that the time has come and life's about to get very different for everyone on the earth. If they would repent, turn from their sin, and faithfully follow the words and the teachings of Jesus Christ. Now, it's ironic that verse 14 starts by talking about John the Baptist. Remember last week we talked about how John the Baptist baptized Jesus and the Father affirms Jesus before he goes into the wilderness to be tempted by the evil one. John the Baptist goes to prison. I think it's ironic as we walk through this passage that everything we're going to talk about uh, in, this, in this session today, John the Baptist is in prison while all this is happening. As a matter of fact, he's going to die in prison. And the reason I think I want to put that on our plates is because we don't always understand the will or plan of God in our lives. John the Baptist had to feel pretty confused. Jesus says, now's the time. And John the Baptist is going, I'm in prison. I'm about to die. What do you mean now's the time? And sometimes that's how it feels in our lives. And we don't always know the higher ways of God. There are several different ways in which people, I think, are opened up for transformation in their life. And I'm just going to put three or four of them out there for you to think about. As you think about this question, what opens you up for change? When are you willing to change? How many of you, it's when the pain gets so great, I have to, right? I have no other choice. Okay, I just listed four. There are more than this, but I think number one is lack of life fulfillment. I really have seen this as a pastor. I've watched people who know there's more to life than what they're living. And they just, they just can't quite get their head around that this is it. And they know there's more. And so they, they realize they haven't really reached their potential. They're looking for greater purposes in their life. And so I've seen people, you know, i got to make more money. So they go make more money. They still live with this emptiness. Well, I've got to get that promotion. They get the promotion. It's still empty. They end up in a, maybe a great marriage, maybe great kids, maybe things are wonderful. But there's still something 
that's not quite fulfilling. It's that void. Without God, it's impossible to, to just have that complete peace and rest. With him, it's hard enough. Would you agree? <laughs> and so, so there's a search there. A second way that I think opens people up is uh, trust in the story of someone else. Have you ever watched someone change so drastically that you said, I don't know what happened there, but I want some of that? I've known husbands who have come to faith because their wife came to faith and it so changed her that it was like a light bulb to him. I've seen parents who have accepted Christ because of the transformation that took place in their own kids and then all the way around, friendships. And so sometimes we look around and we see someone who's been transformed and we know that must be God. So sometimes that's why I change. I think one of the biggest reasons is number three crisis or trials. I really do. I don't always like this about me, but it seems like unless I face something pretty tough, it's pretty hard for me to change. And I really think people find the truth often when they go into a crisis in their life. Many people, how many of you would just say, I'll raise my hand. I was in a crisis and I came running to God. Look at that. Look around. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a beautiful thing. And so, so we are witnesses and we can testify to the fact that that is true. Sometimes crisis or trials bring me to God. Number four is just compelled, by, uh, compelled to respond to God's invitation. We, if you're separated from God um, today because of anything in your life, I can just guarantee you he's knocking on your heart. He's knocking on your heart. And he loves you and he's chasing you down. And so I encourage you not to run from him. Sometimes it's just a compelling of the Holy Spirit, and I, I become aware that I am separated from God. So there are many different things that cause us to be open to change. I want to walk into this story and let you see kind of how it changed Simon Peter and Andrew, his brother. Number two in your outline is this. Transformation that draws out the best in you. I don't want this just to be about change for the sake of change, because that's not usually healthy. I want this to be about recognizing that God has a purpose and a plan in our lives that makes me the best me I can be. You the best you you can be, walking in the will and the plan of God. Look at verse 16. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother, Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living Jesus called out to them, come follow me. I will show you how to fish for people. The big phrase, I will make you fishers of what? Men. I I love this concept. They were fishermen. They were good at it. Um, Jesus is basically saying, I mean, why does he use the metaphor of fishing? It was familiar to them. That makes sense. And he's trying to let them realize that he's basically going to use their gifts, their ideas, what they know already for a purpose of God. And that's exactly what God wants to do in our lives. He wants to take what we already have, what we already know, and he wants to use those things to advance the kingdom of God. That's why he said, I'll make you fishers of men. Come and follow me. You will become... The you, it's in your notes there, the you that God had in mind. And here's the thing. You can't really become the you that God has in mind without God. And so coming to God allows you that opportunity to be fully you. 
I, uh, I've, I have been fascinated by how larva, how many think larva is gross? Okay, it's just gross. How larva could become what? A butterfly. Just take a look. It's just going to be on the screen for a couple minutes here. And it's just going to show you the transition of what happens with larva. That is just plain gross. And it's, have you ever stepped on one of these? Okay, we won't go down that road, okay. But all of a sudden, this transformation starts to happen. And this cocoon kind of is built around this larva. And then when it starts to unfold over this metamorphosis, this period of time, it turns into something so beautiful. Now that something of beauty was somehow in that larva all the time, but it hadn't transformed. It hasn't fully changed yet. And when it does, it's pretty impressive. And every time you look around and see one of those butterflies flying around, you can realize they weren't always that pretty, right? How many of you know people like that? Yeah, okay, we won't get into that. There's a challenge. Transformation is a really powerful thing. And, and I think as we think of this butterfly and we think of our lives, we are becoming more godly, hopefully. Who are you becoming? What are you becoming? How are you transforming? Peter's life was about to change forever. So was Andrew's. And they, they were saying, I'm, gonna, I'm all in. I'm going to follow God. And they followed him. It's a powerful thing to be transformed by God. Let's just keep breaking this down. Number three in your outline is this. Transformation that requires a response. Transformation that requires a response. In verse 18, it's really just a short little statement, but the ramifications here are fascinating. It says this. They left their nets at once and followed him. One little line big impact. The nets are left behind. They've taken him up on his offer to be fishers of men. They didn't know what that meant exactly. They didn't know what that would really look like. But they said, we're going to do it. We're going to figure out how to make this happen. See, when Jesus calls us to transform our lives, we have a part in that story. Our obedience factor allows that metamorphosis to happen or not in our own lives. And it takes a decision from our own will. And I just, I just put in your notes some of, the, some of the things that we need to take seriously if we're going to be transformed, if we're going to be followers of Jesus. Number one is this, the things that I need to leave behind. I, I don't know what that might be today in your life. I really don't. I don't know if... If it's a, a discussion that you could have with someone, if it's a, a friend that you could get with and say, I, I know there are issues in my life that I need to leave behind. I guarantee you it wasn't easy. This wasn't a day like Peter and Andrew said, thank God we are sick of these nets. We have a better offer. It, it wasn't that. This was a compelling by the spirit that drew them to Jesus. And they made a decision to walk away from what many scholars believe was a very wealthy uh, business, 
uh, a great income, solid. Matter of fact, we'll see in a minute that the people who joined him next were also fishermen. They had hired people working for them, and uh, this could be pretty lucrative back in Jesus' day. So it's not like they're looking for something better. It's like there's something in them that says, I'm willing to leave my nets behind. As I, as I think about this, it doesn't say that they brought their nets with him in case. <laughs> you know, it, it's really a, a walking away from something they were comfortable with. When was the last time you did something for the first time that made you a little uncomfortable? That you just haven't really done. It's not a normal part of your life. When was that? And, and how are you coping with continuing to be transforming into the likeness of Jesus? I need to leave some things behind if I'm gonna be like him, if I'm gonna let that transformation happen. The second thing that I, I want you to jot down is this, the, the things I need to pursue. They, they followed Jesus. They didn't only just leave their nets, but they followed him. And I, I started thinking about this in my own life. What, what am I running after? What are you running after? What are you chasing today? You ever play tag as a kid? And, uh, and you touch them and it's their turn and they got to chase somebody down. I feel like sometimes in our lives, if we're not careful, we, we just end up running after stuff and we, we spend our lives busy, but we don't really spend our lives in meaningful moments. And I really believe the transformation God wants in our lives is so that there can be deeper meaning moments where I recognize this is what I'm wired for. This is what I'm made for. And I'm not afraid to get out there and try. They were going to feel awkward. I mean, you know the story of Peter. Most of you do. He, how many awkward moments did he have starting today? When he said yes to follow Jesus, he did a whole lot of things for the first time. He was impulsive. He made quick decisions. And it changed his life. And so I need to pursue God. I need to run after the things that are of God. And then the third thing under this point is the disciplines that I need to develop. I, I really believe transformation is not going to happen in my life unless I have some disciplines in my life to help, to help those trans, that transforming stuff to happen because the Spirit of God is willing to take me there, but I have to be willing to develop those disciplines in my life. I, uh, I put a few things down on my list personally, and I, I'm going to share some of that with you because I think I want you to just have an idea of what I'm thinking about here. Um, I would say proper thoughts and patterns is a discipline. You know, we talked about last week capturing those thoughts in your mind that don't please God and what it means to win the battle of the mind. That's a huge thing. We've talked about it around here. Um, moderation in most things is an important discipline in our lives as, as we walk with the Lord to, to not live as people with excesses of everything in our lives. I think a discipline is to be a giver. I'm talking about time, energy, conversation, money, just that generous spirit that's not afraid. That's a discipline. You know, sometimes, sometimes we just give out of discipline and we listen and we care. We take someone, we go out of our way to help someone because it's just, it's part of who we are becoming. It honors God when we do that. Um, how about controlling your tongue or your words, the words that come out of your mouth? That's a big one. You know, that's a discipline. 
because how, how many of you have had to bite your tongue this week at least once? Okay, let me see, stick it out. Let me see if it's how bl bloody it is, all right? <laughs> you know, that whole phrase, bite my tongue, that comes from the times we haven't and we've made mistakes and we say things we wish so bad we could take it back. But man, once it's out there, it's really hard to take back. It's really hard to take back. That's why you better be careful what you write on somebody's wall on Facebook. Be careful what you email someone or text somebody. Have you ever sent something and gone, I don't want that to be out there. You know, it just hits you later or tomorrow. Let's be people that the words of our, our mouth, the meditation of our heart honor God. And we are transformed by holding our tongue and paying attention um, to the things that we say. I think healthy boundaries are a discipline in money, in relationships, in time. Another one I put down is learning. Just growing as a person. Are you going to be a learner for the rest of your life? Will you give yourself to, to that whole process of learning? Well, last thing in your notes is this. Transformation that impacts others. Now, they, they walk up the shore just a little ways. And I'm going to read verse 19 in a minute because they're about to get some company, Peter and Andrew. Look at verse 19. A little farther up the shore, Jesus saw uh, Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat repairing their nets. He called them at once, and they also followed him. Notice this, leaving their father, they left their nets as well, but this is starting to feel more dramatic, leaving their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired men. Again, fishermen who had businesses with hired men were probably pretty successful. And so here's a moment in which Jesus gives that same opportunity to James and John, and boom, all of a sudden now they are following Jesus, walking in his footsteps. I put it, I think it's the last thing in your outline that says at the bottom, who is impacted in this story um, of James and John? And the reason I put that in there is because I want you to just see Zebedee. I want you to see their dad. He's sitting in the boat. They're walking away. I wonder what kind of a conversation he had with the hired help in the boat, working on the nets. He didn't seem to feel bad that they left. As a matter of fact, I believe he maybe was honored. It was, it was typical in this day and age for a rabbi to be sought after by people who wanted to learn from the rabbi. And it was quite a process to, to get someone to teach you. And you had to commit to a lot of things. And Jesus sort of turns the tables and says, instead of you coming and asking me if you can follow me around, I'm going to initiate and I'm going to say, come and follow me. That was pretty rare. Fishermen probably didn't always have opportunities to follow a rabbi. And it was a big deal to follow a rabbi. And so Jesus flips the tables and says, I'm inviting you to come and follow me. And they say, we're going to take you up on that opportunity. You guys, it's just what Jesus is still doing in our lives today. Will you come and follow me? It's just such a big question. And what are you willing to leave behind? I had a, had a really interesting thing happen over the last couple of months involving a precious little 15-year-old girl by the name of Hannah. She's a part of our church family here and, and just a real sweetie. I shared this with her, her permission. Um, she came to me. I don't know, it was, it's been quite a while back. It was after the, remember when we had the, the Christmas festival this past December and the, the, the auction items that we had for a U-Count campaign? Remember that? If you were here, we had tables of stuff people had donated and things. And 
She walked up to me and she said, I, uh, and keep in mind how the, the timing of all this, she said, I want to do something for you, Count. And I said, well, what do you want to do? She said, are you going to have this auction next year? And I said, I think we are. You know, we pr probably will. She said, well, I want to put this hat in it. And she pulled out a Titleist hat. And I thought, oh, it's even a fitted hat. That would fit me. I like this Titleist hat. And then I noticed it has this scribbling right on the face of it here. I don't know if you can see that. And I couldn't really read it. But I found out that's the signature of Tim Tebow. And she said, I want someone to have this hat in exchange for whatever they want to bid on it because I believe in the ministry of UCount. She was, she was walking away from something. She really started getting into this and it started making me nervous because she came to me after a summit class and she said, her tears welled up and she had this bag. This is the exact bag she brought it in. She said, I have a jersey here. She said, this is a, this is a, a Champ Bailey jersey, and he signed it for me. And his signature's right here. And she said, could you auction that off too? And you know, this was about the time I'm saying, you know, Hannah, wait a minute. I, I don't think you really should be giving this stuff away. This is, she said, no, I want to. This means a lot to me. And she's, her, her eyes got all teary, and she was wiping her eyes, and she was emotional. And she handed me her most valuable possession, and it's a Tim Tebow jersey that he's signed twice on the, on the shoulders. And when she handed me this, I don't know, I just thought, I'm not, a, I'm not an idol worshiper, so don't take it like that. But how many of you know for a 15-year-old kid, this is a pretty big sacrifice to walk away from? And I admire that, and I respect that. And I, it, it, it caused me, man, I went and I told Bonnie, and I've just been kind of walking around in this daze going, God, what are you asking of me? What are you asking for me to sacrifice in my life? Where, do, where are my points of giving? I don't want to just hide behind this desk. I want, to be a, I want to be a real giver. I want to be a person who's not afraid to make sacrifices. What nets am I leaving behind? How can I be a person who makes deposits in other people's lives? Because I believe when I follow Jesus, he transforms my mind. He renews me. But he also walked asks me to walk away from that comfort zone so many times and to walk into his plan that's bigger than what I can do on my own. We need the strength and the spirit of Jesus. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you. Thank you for people like Hannah who, who just give out of love and care. And thank you that she had that heart. Thank you for people in, in this room right now who are not afraid to give, who are not afraid to offer what they have. It's all we can give you, Lord, is, is all that we have. And we do that. We do that now. And we say thank you. We love you. We need you. With heads bowed in this room, I'm just going to pray. I want to pray for a few of you who have some specific things. Um, maybe you're just being called to follow Jesus today. It's just something that you know you're separated from God, as we talked about earlier. It's, it's an invitation. Come and follow me. And he's asking you that right now. I can't assume everyone in this room is a follower of Christ. If you know you're separated from God and you would love for me to lead you in a prayer, I won't embarrass you or ask you to come up here, but I'll just, I'll lead you in a prayer right now that will just be a first step in your journey toward God. If you know you're separated from God and you have the faith 
to invite him to forgive you and cleanse you, to become a child of God, would you lift your hand right now, please? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put them right back down. Anyone else before I lead us? It's a great moment. It's a great moment. Church, help me pray with these. Those of you that lifted your hand, just say this right now under your breath. Lord, I'm serious about this. I thank you. I know I need forgiveness for my own sin. And I ask you in faith to forgive me and to cleanse me. I want to walk with you. I believe you died on that cross and rose from the dead for me. And I've heard your words in this moment that say, come and follow me. I will make you the best you you can be. We trust you, Lord. We thank you for it. Secondly, I want to pray for those of you that would say, I'm in the middle of being in the cocoon. I need to be transformed, man. It's, it's ugly, some of the things in my life, my temper, my drinking, my whatever. Just whatever it is, you know it's not a good thing in your life and you're tra- you want to be transformed. It's, you, you, you would say you love God, but there's some patterns of behaviors that you go, man, I want, I need to walk away from some things. Hold up your hand if that's you, please. Lord, you see the hands, the hearts, you know the challenges in our lives, and you're calling us. You're calling us to press on, to keep moving, to be strong. And we say yes to that. Last thing I just want to pray for all of us to say, is there something I need to leave behind in my life? It could be a pattern, it could be something specific, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk away from that not just for the sake of sacrifice. That's not it. Obedience is better than sacrifice, the Bible says. So it's not about just doing something to try to get God's attention. It's about obeying him. And that's what I'm asking of you. Will you say, I will obey God? And he's calling me right now to walk away from something or to give something. I'm challenged by this and I'm gonna honor God and I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna be obedient. If you know that's you, would you just slip up a hand? I just want to pray over you for the courage. Lord, thank you for those who really are feeling prompted now for some specific things. Give them the courage to follow through, to walk away from the nets, maybe to walk away from the other people in the boat, to trust you. Give them wisdom in this to make really good decisions, decisions that honor you and advance the kingdom of God. We trust you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, you guys, for opening your heart to the word of God today. Let's be followers of Jesus. Amen. Ushers, would you come? We're going to receive our regular tithe and offering. Thanks for giving through Timberline, for believing in its vision and heart, and for making a difference uh, through your sacrifice as you, as you give tonight. Prayer for anything in your life. If you've accepted Christ this evening, we'd love to get you started on the right track. We have a packet with a Bible and some information and some booklets in there. Come up and talk to one of our prayer partners up here, and we'll make sure and put one of those in your hand. There's prayer sign-ups for the prayer walk out there and some other tables in the mall. Otherwise, be a blessing and go follow Jesus this week, okay? I love you. God bless you. Have a great rest of your week. 